this is the Is It Over Yet Wrestling podcast, and unfortunately, we don't have a full World of Trio show for you this week. As uh, as we mentioned on the last podcast, we're going fortnightly now, but we do have a special show for you, and that's to discuss um, this past Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay per view. Um, how are you feeling about this pay per view, dude? Did you enjoy it? I really, really did. I tell you what, I was absolutely pleasantly surprised by this whole thing. So let's not give too much away straight away, and let's let's run down the card here. So the first match that that took place, and that's not including the kickoff show, is Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy in the Hell in a Cell match. Now, to be fair, the build for this one didn't really catch my eye too much. It, it I didn't really have a lot of focus. Some of it involved Shinsuke Nakamura, who strangely enough wasn't actually on this pay per view. But this match delivered in spades. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, do you know what? It wasn't up. It wasn't really until the moment I put the show on that I actually became excited about this match. Yeah. Um, but it was just the whole, it was the thought of Jeff Hardy in his first ever Hell in the Cell match, and I just sort of knew that this was going to be something big. I think, as we mentioned on the, on the last podcast, we, we had Matt from the Mass Attack on. He was pretty excited about this one, but he was scared that Jeff might do something silly and utilize the top of the cell in some way, you know, kind of go for broke on this one with it being the tail end of his career. I mean, in a way, he, he definitely did. This match was great. It started out quite slow. It, it felt like it was kind of just grinding the gears. You know, they were just working up to something. But we got some really disturbing stuff in here for a match in uh, 2018 WWE, uh, which is supposedly the PG era. I mean, one of the things that happened was was Randy Orton kind of inserting that screwdriver into Jeff Hardy's kind of tunnel piercings in his, his ear and twisting it around. And this was like something from ECW or something. Um, it really made me squirm. Yeah, the moment when he went under the ring and pulled out the toolbox, I just couldn't help but think, this is not PG. No. No matter what, no matter what he was going to do with that screwdriver, you've got a professional wrestler with a screwdriver in his hand in a ring with kids watching. Do you know what? It was a great spot, and I enjoyed it, but I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of angry parents out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it felt like they were really pushing this one towards the more hardcore fans. And when I say hardcore fans, I mean hardcore fans as well. We'd seen Randy Orton kind of messing with Jeff's tunnel piercings on previous episodes of SmackDown, I think, but not to this extent. And I actually came close to kind of thinking his ears gonna kind of snap. It was it was kind of gross. Yeah. Um, I actually thought to myself, I, I couldn't. I kept thinking that has Jeff spoken to Randy before this and said, just do it, tear the lobe. Yeah, obviously Jeff Hardy, obviously he's got quite a resilient body for that, for all the kind of spots that he does and for that kind of craziness to take place. I, I certainly thought that it was going to end in a massive injury. Aside from that, this was a really good match. They really utilized the cage, lots of, lots of cool wrestling as well. And of course, we got an absolutely crazy spot at the end of the match where I think Jeff had kind of, he'd set up a table with Randy on top of it. He was going to kind of leapfrog from a smaller ladder over the bigger ladder and, and do like a kind of, I don't know, like a splash or something like that. But he changed his mind at the last minute, climbed to the top of this bigger ladder, grabbed onto the top of the hill in a cell. He was kind of yeah. swinging himself back and forth. And then he dropped um, into like a splash. Obviously, Randy Orton moved out of the way because that would have been awful if he hadn't. Jeff went through the table. Now... Again, 2018 WWE, this this was a, a real crazy hardcore spot. Yeah, do you know what? This was quite a weird one because 
I'm guessing it was a work that he'd set the ladders up like that to do the leapfrog because I think we've seen him do this. We've seen him do the leapfrog before. Yeah. You know, but was that a work or did he set that up and then think, oops, the cage is in my way? Or, or was this all planned? You know what I mean? It was, it was quite well done. The one thing I will say is the first time round when I watched this, I thought Randy Orton moved way too early. The more you, the more you actually watch it, he moves just. It was just before Jeff does the last swing back. I think it's so, because. I, I, I kind of didn't really gauge when Jeff was going to land, you know what I mean? And, like, when he was going to try and let go of that actual cage. So I don't think Randy knew either. So he kind of just went for broke and moved a little bit earlier. But, yeah, the landing that Jeff took was, was awful as well. It's like I mentioned to you, he, he kind of landed with the top half of his body on the table, but the bottom half, including, like, his, his coccyx and all that, landed on the actual ring. So the impact must have been pretty intense. Um, and I can't help but think the stretching out at the end, there was a little bit of reality in that. You'd be pretty resilient to come away from that completely unscathed. I think and so. Of course, uh, of course, Randy Orton didn't get out of this unscathed either, did he? No, no, not at all. I think I think Randy took his fair share, really. He got a... I mean, I, I think I, I messaged you, like, as I was watching it, saying, has Randy got, like, a flap of skin hanging off? And also, there was a, an awful bit where Jeff got the belt, his belt that he was wearing, that Randy had hit him with earlier on, but Randy turned it inside out so that the studs weren't going to hit Jeff. Jeff actually yeah. hit Randy with the studs, and you could see yeah. the blood marks in the kind of... in the pattern of the studs on his back. Uh, yeah, it, it sort of reminded me of how it looks when you have a tattoo. Yeah, yeah. When the needle goes in and out, and so you just get like little tiny dots of blood everywhere. Oh man, it was just—it was something else, and you could tell these guys were—I don't know—maybe trying to surprise us with something, something great here. Because I—I I didn't really expect much from this match. I won't lie to you. I—I I wondered why they were in a cage, and they used Hell in a Cell like not many people have before. So. Yeah, they did, they did really well with what I would say a rushed feud. It was yep. it was sort of a feud for no apparent reason, but it's turned out good in the end, definitely. Hell yeah, man. Uh, great match to kick off the show. Uh, moving on to the next one, a match that I also really enjoyed. Um, we got Becky Lynch versus the, uh, the champion Charlotte Flair here. Now... This one was something we've talked about quite a lot on the on the show. We've loved the build to this, um, the kind of character that Becky's developed, this this kind of anti-hero rebelling against her friend who's stealing the spotlight from her. And these two clearly know each other well because they put on a really cool match that was more than worthy of this build. I absolutely loved this one as well. This was this is two out of two. Um, it was it was just really really well worked and. All I kept thinking all the way through this was this could have been Sasha and Bailey. Yep. These guys have really kind of they've taken it up a peg in terms of figuring out how this uh, how this rivalry is going to work and they've put a fresh twist on how like the feuds can be in in terms of Charlotte is the face but is she really the face and Becky's kind of coming across as a heel but is she really the heel? I will I will lie to you after this match I was still wondering what's going to happen in this feud. So uh, I mean in terms of the actual match, these guys worked a solid match, full of full of action, full of the technical ability that we know both these ladies can put on. I mean, Car I did mention to you, Corey Graves said, you know, Charlotte's one of the most gifted athletes in the WWE. And as much as, you know, we can doubt him saying stuff like that, she put on a great show here, and she was clearly the ring general, um, although Becky's really not far behind. 
Um, and the ending to this was just a, a complete and utter surprise to me. I did not see it come in. Um, we had a few counters. We had some action outside the ring. And, and Becky picks up the win here with, I think it was like a cradle type move. Yeah, after the one, two, three, I have to admit I jumped up off the sofa. Um, <laughs> yeah, unexpected. And I think that's what makes you jump off the sofa, isn't it? When you, uh, when you see a win that you were completely not thinking was going to happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm really, really glad about this. And with Becky still playing the heel part, it just makes her more and more the female Steve Austin because it's quite rare that you'll see a, you know, air quotes, heel, yeah, have a clean win over a you know a, re- a very very good opponent. Well, they've really kind of reinvigorated her character here, haven't they? I mean, she was just this happy girl, lucky type character that everyone loved to sing along to her theme tune and and cheer along. Now she's got that edge that she's needed the whole time. We we saw at the end of the match, Charlotte went to kind of congratulate her. Becky was having absolutely none of it because she figured this was just another example of Charlotte stealing her spotlight. And that just added to the whole, I don't know where this is going to go. And I think I said to you, I thought Charlotte kind of was going to, you know, end up being the heel here. But you didn't agree, did you? You think Becky's no. got the heel thing down? Yeah, I think um, I think at the end of this match, I think I could hear a, a few boos in the crowd. Which, yeah. I, well, again, that was another unexpected thing. But the whole refusing the handshake again after the victory is, uh, yeah, that's definitely a lot more heelish than the last the end of the last pay-per-view yeah man and I, I anticipated becky losing here and kind of keeping keeping up the chase which would have inevitably left her more in the face role because you know the underdog chasing against this champion that people don't want to be the champion but now she's a champion charlotte's free to chase her she you know people are going to get behind charlotte eventually because how, how can you not she's she's great and she's got a great character sometimes it, i think it's because charlotte's so big yeah it makes it hard to sympathise with her. Yeah, I, I I agree on that front, and I uh, I think that I think that they with Becky moving into this kind of heel position, it'll be easier for for the fans to get on board with Charlotte. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully it's not a kind of Roman Reignsy type situation. <laughs> but all in all, I love this match. Like you say, a two for two, so killer. Um, the next one, <laughs> this was. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. So that's basically Braun Strowman's guys against Roman Reigns' guys. Um, but in and of itself, this match was phenomenal. It was it was great. It was just all action. It, they, they never stopped. They told great stories. Like, we got a great hot tag from Ambrose after Seth Rollins had struggled for a good five to ten minutes. It was everything you wanted from a tag match. How do you feel about this one, dude? I loved this. At the minute, I, I really can't get enough of um, Dolph and Drew. I think yeah. I've got an absolute mega man crush on the pair of them at the minute. Um, <laughs> just everything that they're involved in. And, I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Ambrose and uh, Rollins as well because, again, they're both awesome. But as you know, I'm a complete heel mark, so I'll always, always favour the heels. I just want this feud to go on for a lot, a lot, 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 lot longer. Yeah. And I know... At the Super Show, we've got it again, but obviously with Braun and Roman involved as well. Yeah. So I can't help but look forward to that. I mean, it's fine for this to continue, man. This is the equivalent of those 
um, NXT matches, you know, between like the Revival uh, and other teams down there, the ones that you just, that are just so action packed and tell such a great story in the ring that you're happy for them to go on for quite a while um, yeah. in order to really tell more of a story. And and they did that here, as I said, and I think it's to do with the fact that we've got a lot of veterans in here, man. We've got Dolph who, 12 years, we've got Drew who, same, same amount of time, pretty much, um, been on the independence as well and Seth and Dean obviously these guys are seasoned veterans too all know how to tell a story in the ring as well as you know all been able to just pull off awesome maneuvers I think Ambrose was his most athletic in this match there was yeah. there was so many great wrestling moves going on here as well as just kind of flipping and flying to the outside it was everything you could want from a tag match and I can't recommend this one like any more to people if there is one match you catch from Hell in a Cell um, this this would be the one because these four guys really pulled it out of the bag here. How cool was the finish? The finish was awesome, man. It, it kind of left it open for this feud to continue, which I loved because I feel like if um, Seth and Dean had picked up the win here, that would have been quite conclusive. Yeah, so so the ending was absolutely fantastic. We got um, we got Rollins suplexing Dolph off the off the second rope and then he went for a second suplex but he didn't didn't quite get it as drew barged in and claymore kicked rollins dolph picks up the win over a knocked out rollins and just suit such a sneaky and awesome win by these two demonstrating why they're such an effective team how quick is drew mcintyre i think that all these guys were absolutely fantastic and kind of like been reactionary to what other guys were doing like there was so many instances where like drew went out on the outside to distract someone Dolph went on the outside to distract someone and it paid off for them it, it yeah. wasn't like a cluster match at all it was everything in it all the little nuances and all the little elements really paid off here and that ending was just something else yeah. full full marks for me on that one uh what have we got next we have aj styles wwe champion versus samoa joe now we've gone on about this feud for ages it's got pretty personal with samoa joe involving aj's family i think we were hoping for you know something like the last match but with a bit more of a conclusive ending because the last one you know it felt it felt like they needed to stop where they stopped where uh, Samoa Joe did the whole um, I'll be your daddy speech mm -hmm. um, but this one we got a great conclusive ending as well as an awesome match between two guys who are clearly really familiar with each other and just know how to work with each other in the ring absolutely love this one again another mega solid match it just proves what awesome, awesome competitors these these two are, especially considering that they're getting into the twilight of the career. Yeah, I think they're really pulling it out of the bag in terms of like knowing that maybe they've got like three to five years left um, and just delivering, delivering. Samoa Joe, even if he doesn't put on great matches, always delivers on intensity. But here he did both. Whereas AJ is just that resilient underdog. But you never, you never buy him as this smaller guy. That's the thing. I, I never think of AJ Styles as a smaller guy because no. you look at him in the ring with Samoa Joe, who's two hundred eighty-two pounds. I think they mentioned. I'm never looking at AJ as this kind of, oh, you know, Samoa Joe's going to crush him. I just think that they're, you know, on an even keel, and that's how yeah. believable AJ is as, as just this awesome champion that he's portraying at the moment but um in in terms of in terms of the endings for this match i i i don't i don't know how i feel about this how do you feel about how this one ended dude uh i don't know i think it, it sort of makes aj look a bit stupid um 
I honestly thought that AJ was going to hold his hands up at the end of this and 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 re- ask for the restart himself. Yeah, I mean, so we got like another kind of Roddy Piper, Bret Hart finish where, you know, they kick off the... Samoa Joe's got him in the coquina clutch, but AJ managed to flip over and he's pinning his shoulders down, isn't he? Um, and the referee only sees AJ pinning Samoa Joe's shoulders to the ground for the three, but what they don't see is AJ Styles tapping on the other side. Yeah. Um, so it's another one of those things where they've clearly said to these guys, make sure that you get the pin visible, but also make sure that you get the tap out visible as well so that we can yeah. replay both and make this look like, you know, it's not over yet. It was a good way to continue the feud. And Samoa Joe was clearly absolutely furious about this, um, especially yeah. after his backstage and like kind of interaction with Paige. But yeah, it was... Does, it, it, does it make AJ Styles look bad? Does it make him look a bit cowardly for not holding his hands up and admitting that he tapped. It kind of does. And I mean, he, he yeah, because he doesn't come across as that kind of sneaker pin out to win kind of guy, does he? He doesn't come across as the kind of guy that's just going to go, well, yeah, you know, they only saw me um, pinning him. They didn't see me tapping out. He doesn't seem that like, kind of guy. So I guess it does make him look a bit foolish, yeah. Um, How does it make him look like he, he's, he fears Joe? I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I can only kind of guess where they're going with this one. I'm pretty anxious to see where they head with it on SmackDown and whether AJ actually addresses this whole issue. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing they were just setting up for that third match at the Super Showdown, which yeah, which to me actually seems to be um, not just a house show anymore, like the kind of Saudi Arabia one. This has got lots of stories involved. Um, yeah, well- when are we going to get a big pay-per-view in the UK? I have God no idea. I think it's a lot of mo- it's a lot to do with the money side, isn't it? Because you see a lot online about how how much uh, Saudi Arabia loves wrestling and wants to get it there as much as possible. Obviously, it's quite a wealthy country, so they've got a lot of money to give to the WWE, which is very appealing to them. Obviously, because that means they can do more. Yeah, they they need to get their butts over to the UK. We need we need like a big pay-per-view. Um, just do it at Wembley again, you know. But no, do it at Man City Stadium because then we can go. Etihad. Yeah. I'd be happy with that, man. That's a good stadium. That would be pretty damn cool. I would be very happy with that. Yeah, great match. <laughs> again, this this is, you know, another example of, of this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view really kind of outdoing the, the past few months of pay-per-views that we've had. Uh, we got we got what I would consider to be one of the weakest matches next, and and that's by no means a bad thing because it was featuring Daniel Bryan and The Miz. So it's Debray, Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. Now I think at some point we knew we were going to get this mixed tag because we needed to involve these two guys' families so it could get a bit more personal. And it just feels like a means to an end before we get like a conclusive. I keep saying conclusive, but you know a real ending to this feud um it was a fun match i can't really remember much of it kind of going back um i remember it was a bit of a screwy ending with a with maurice picking up a bit of a cheat win but yeah um any thoughts on this one dude yeah this was my worst match too i i'm just not interested in mixed tags um it's just it's like the john cena thing from last year or whenever it was i'm just not interested in these types of like showcase matches yeah um the women barely did anything now it's not for me this one 
it was it was a strange match wasn't it i mean it's a match that you want to love because it's featuring two people that we talk about a lot that we enjoy watching wrestling but it's, it was a showcase match initially it really was and it, it was a showcase match featuring women of what i consider the previous generation really like maurice not a wrestler anymore brie bella not really a wrestler anymore i've not got much to say about this one i all i can say is is what i said before it's a means to an end to get to where we need to be in this feud so rolling on to the next match ronda rousey versus alexa bliss i i was not looking forward to this match at all um, I was I was even considering kind of like falling into the end, you know, seeing how it ended. But this was a cool match, and it was really competitive as well. I didn't think Alexa stood a chance, but she really managed to get a lot of offense in on on Ronda. Thank God that she did. Yeah, because I think that by having Ronda beat her in ten seconds or whatever it was last time, was ju- it just took away everything that Alexa has worked hard for over the past when however many years. Yep. So I'm glad. You know, although they did, it, they played on the uh, you know the injury to Ronda. Yep. I'm glad that this was a lot more competitive, and this is how it should be because although she's supposed to be an unstoppable superhero, you can't always make somebody beat uh, win in ten seconds every time because it, it's ridiculous. That's true, man. I mean, even with people like Brock Lesnar, you need that competitive element where yeah. you know it's it's going to be unpredictable at some points. I mean, regardless of the fact that we got a winner here in Ronda Rousey, and it was with with the armbar move that she's used quite a lot, it was a good match. It was a lot better than I was expecting. And we did get to see Bliss showcase a lot of what she's kind of built up over the past few years. Because I won't lie to you, it does feel a bit strange, the fact that Ronda's just come in. I know she was always going to, but just come in as this kind of celebrity and just being positioned in this women's division that has built itself up organically over the past few years and she's just placed there um mm. she's a celebrity of course she's going to come in and go, she's going to get given that spotlight and she is good but i don't know i just i put far too much investment in the women's division over the past few years to kind of see people like alexa bliss just have everything taken away from them so as you yeah, mentioned go i think the uh, the raw brand is just shining the spotlight on on all the wrong all the wrong women. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I'm not, I don't like it. The, you know, I, I know this is not really to do with Hell in a Cell, but the shining a spotlight on the Bella twins and Ronda Rousey. And yeah. it's just, I, I don't like it. And I feel like I want to fast forward it. Well, when you've got amazing, amazing, amazing female talent. And not only that, but you've also got like the likes of Alicia Fox involved in main event women's storylines. Yeah. Why? What? You know, a wi- an all-women's pay-per-view, it, I don't quite know if the women's roster are quite there to be able to sell out an entire stadium yet. I mean, is that fair to say? That's not a criticism in, in, at all. But it feels like WWE think that they need people like Lita, you know, uh, Tristratus and the Bella Twins to bring in those fans. And, and uh, But it's a slight detriment to the actual women on the roster, like Ember Moon. Really? And Asuka. Really? Yeah, exactly. You've got Ember Moon, you've got Asuka. Obviously, Bailey and Sasha, you know, Becky, all these amazing talents. You've got Kyrie Sane on NXT, um, you know, Bianca Belair, up and coming talents as well. And then they, they bring the Bella Twins back to be the main focal point, and it sucks. It does break my heart a little bit, man, because, I mean, how much were we looking forward to seeing Asuka get involved in some solid feuds? Um, we're looking forward to that Bailey Sasha feud. I, I mean, 
I don't I don't watch every single second of Raw anymore because three hours is a lot. And people might say, you know, you know, you should be committing and watching these shows, but we don't always have the time. So I'm not always aware of what people like Sasha and Bailey are getting up to, um, you know, because they seem to be placed on a real mid-card level right now. And, and it's a shame because they deserve the focus. They're taking it in turns at beating um, Dana Brooke. Oh, okay. That's, 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 that doesn't sound good, man. That doesn't sound good. Um, but yeah, I, I can't help but think that they don't need to be diminishing their current women's roster as much as they are with returning acts like the Bellas, um, who, again, I, I've never really invested much time in because they were never really wrestlers, you know? They were never really the people that you paid to watch have great matches. And more often they, than not, they seem to put themselves in harm's way a lot these days. Um, so yeah, enough of a rant about that. I love the women's Bad division. Man, yeah. I just want to see it prosper, man. And that, the, by the women's division, I mean the modern day one. Yeah, so that it. doesn't take away the fact that I'm really, still really excited about the Evolution pay-per-view. Oh, dude, it should be. It, it, I mean, it's a showcase. It's going to be rad. There's going to be, you know, people from the past that we love, people from right now. And I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, with things like the Mae Young Classic, that, the final for that is actually Evolution, which I love. What a great idea. So, hell yeah, yeah. man. Awesome stuff. Now, last but not least is the main event and this is going to be a bit of a an odd one for me and you because we've got differing points of view on this one right so yeah this is the hell in a cell match with special guest mick foley and the matches between roman reigns and braun Strowman. obviously roman is the champion at the moment we've had a lot of cool build-up for this one with braun Strowman labeling all the heels around him the pack and obviously they're uh, they're going after the shield and that's been the main build to this match I would like to ask you what you thought of this first, because I feel like you've got way more of a positive outlook and that's what people need to hear. <laughs> hey, listen, right, I think I must be the only person in all of wrestling, twittering and, uh, you know, forum and blah, 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 who actually enjoyed this match. I was smiling from start to finish because although... There might have been a few silly parts, like the length of time that uh, Roman and Braun were laid down while all the other stuff was going on. I stick to the point that I was entertained throughout. I just really liked it. I like I like a slugfest from two big men. I like the fact that Braun really, really controlled this match, and he was always going to. I loved where you've got my four guys on the top of the cage fighting. You just never know what's going to happen in them sort of situations. Obviously, you had the spot where Seth and Dolph have both gone off the side of the cage into respective tables. Um, And then the mega surprise at the end where the Beast returns, kicks the cage door down, and attacks the two laid-out men in the ring. See, now... I will never ever tell you or anyone else that you have not got a right to be entertained by something because it is all completely each their own in these situations. And as well, I had read a lot of bad things about this. So, you know, straight away, I wanted to go in and and, and prove that criticism wrong. I wanted to be like, I'm going to enjoy this match. So I settled in. I thought it's a hell in a cell match, and I know there's a lot of a, of kind of cluster booking in this one. So I'm going to sit back and enjoy it like it's an Attitude Era feud. Okay. So I didn't get anywhere near as much out of it as you did. I don't think. Um, 
I, I felt like it was a little slow, which is always going to be the pace between two big horses. So that's a given. Um, what I loved about this match is all the action on top of the cage because the cage this time, the actual Hell in a Cell looked phenomenal. We've not spoken about that, I don't think. Uh, the big red cage, it looked really imposing. Um, it wasn't hard to see through at all, which was really cool. And I don't know, these things seem to get bigger every year. So when you've got um, Drew, Dolph, um, Seth and Dean up top of that cage and it still looks huge with all four men on top of it, that is is a good, it's a great sight, man. And that really entertained me. Um, it's stuff. When you've got people on top of the hell and on top of the cell, it's edgy seat stuff no matter yeah. what. See, and that's whether, why I, that's, whether there's a big spot planned or not. Yeah, man, and that's what I dug. I, I dug that. That was that was the cool bit for me. I like that people got involved and stuff. Um, you 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 mentioned that you you know you thought it was a bit silly that those guys were laid out for so long while they were up, the other guys were up top. That that was something that um, I tried to overlook for a little while, but then the longer it went on, the longer it took away from my enjoyment. Cause I, I kind of was like, these guys just aren't getting up, and they've not really done much to each other. What the hell? Um, but yeah, it just. It just didn't do much for me, I, I don't think. And that's that's just me. That's just uh, the way I see things. The Brock Lesnar thing at the end is is what it is because Brock undoubtedly needs to be involved in this situation. Um, the man's got a rematch and he's not going to be someone that's just going to sit by and let other people do, you know, whatever while, you know, he doesn't get his title shot. So the guy comes back, wreaks havoc, um kind of a bit of a throwback to it to a lot of things that have happened in the cell you know ripping the the cell door off like kane did uh, and coming in and taking out the two competitors so i like the ending but was he uh, was he slightly reckless with those bits of broken table <laughs> i think so dude he takes so much liberties um with, with weapons doesn't he brock he just i think he knows that people like roman reigns and uh braun Strowman can take it so it's fine yeah. um but yeah, you, uh, you you could say that you enjoyed this one a lot more than me, and that's absolutely fine. It it was it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination to me a bad match. It was just a match that I couldn't put together as like a whole and enjoy. There was parts of it I loved, parts of it I didn't, and you loved the whole thing. I always enjoy Brock with a beard as well. Oh, oh dude, yeah, that's like UFC Brock. That's that transition, yeah. isn't it? Where where he's like, oh, screw you, Vince. I, I don't need to shave anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah, um, a polarizing ending, and to to this um, to this pay per view, which is cool. I like it. I like it when many different people have got many different things to say about wrestling, and I'm just kind of going, "Oh, that was five stars. Oh, that was crap." So it's good to know that that you know this was a kind of it, it put a divide in the community. Yeah, I think it looks like it was an eight to twenty split, but I'm glad to be on that twenty percent. Yeah, but regardless, man, if you look at this pay per view as a whole. It was match after match after great match, yeah. and then we got this at the end, which was which was the kind of entertainment side of things, as opposed to we we got all the wrestling we needed. So, you know, from that perspective, why did we need this main event to be a five star classic when we'd already got all of that previous? Just sit back, turn off your brain, and enjoy it. I guess so. Exactly. Even after That's my exactly. rant and, and my you know kind of dislike of it, I can see the logic behind the booking because that's how it was laid out. They gave the hardcore fans what they needed. They gave the fans of wrestling what they needed. They gave you the feel-good factor of the Becky Lynch win. And then they, they gave you a little bit of a overbooked ending, <laughs> which is I'm trademark WWE. I'm just going to start watching 
um, pay-per-views as as a casual fan. I'm going to stop, really got to try and stop breaking things down so much and I'm just going to watch and enjoy. Why not, man? I mean, that that's what people should be doing anyway. So uh, if I can just ask you, um, what score out of 10 would you give this pay-per-view? Okay, so I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Okay, well... I think I think I can say the same thing, man. I, I mean, how could I give it any less with with the quality of, of um, and the variety on this show? How could I give it any less? I would definitely say to anyone that hasn't watched Hell in a Cell so far, go and watch it. It's better than your average Monday Night Raw. Check it out. Yeah. Do we need to do an ending? We don't, do we? No, I don't think so.